Hello and welcome. This is your host to Moments with Moni. That's right, Moni, right here on Eternity Ready Radio. I stopped by to let you know that you can listen in on Sunday mornings from 10 to 10.30 a.m. Pacific Time. At present, Moments with Moni is going through the Biblical Covenant series to help us understand what God is doing and what our role is in His plan. Sprinkled with a dash of humor, the storytelling of these covenants brings us closer to understanding the heart of God. So put it on your calendar and share it with your friends. Gather the family together and listen in here on Eternity Ready Radio, Sundays from 10 to 10.30 a.m. Pacific to Moments with Moni. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome back to Moments with Moni. I'm so glad you're here. I have a question for you. Have you ever felt like living a holy, sanctified, set-apart life and being pleasing to the Lord is a waste of time? I mean, what if it's all just not true? What if in the end it's all a big joke? Well, I'm sure you are not alone in those feelings. It's run across my mind a few times throughout my life. However, that's all they are. Feelings. Yes, God made us with feelings, but the feelings are not what our lives should be run by. One reason not to base our lives on feelings is that they change at the most inopportune moments. We can be sad, glad, or mad, all in the time it takes to sit through a news story while waiting in the dentist's office. What if I decided that my new acquaintance would feel better with a big bowl of ice cream and all the toppings? Sounds like fun, doesn't it? However, the fact that she is a diabetic and sick right now and that big bowl of sugar would not be helping her, but in fact hurting her, the more I know about another person or a situation the more solid foundation I have of the facts concerning my friend or that situation. The fact is that God loves us. In fact, he loved us before we ever knew him. God knew centuries ago that you would be here today doubting his love because feelings got in the way. So he left some love letters for us to read to remind us of the facts as well as the reminder that he loves you and made a way for those who love him to be with him forever. Yes, that is through Jesus, the better and the new covenant. Jesus is the new covenant. As we delve into the new covenant a bit deeper today, we will see not only does God make a way for our salvation from a fallen world, but a way to be holy through Jesus and bring others along with us to a new and a holy city where we will live life with our beloved forever. And now from the new to the old, comparing the promise to Abraham and the promise 
through Jesus. There are some that say that the church has replaced the nation of Israel as God's people. It might make some feel better to think this way, but the facts of the Bible nullify any feelings in such a direction. If we compare the nation of Israel to the body of Christ regarding the promise that was given to Abraham, the same promise was given to Israel, but it was fulfilled through the church. In Genesis 12:3, God told Israel that he would make them a great nation and bless them that blesses them and curse them who curses them. And in them all the families of the earth would be blessed. Oh, however, this came with conditions, for God also told them, If you will obey me and keep my covenant, then you will be a peculiar treasure to me, as well as a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Exodus nineteen five to six. Well, like Moses had predicted, Israel did not obey. In 1 Peter 2, 5 and 9, God tells his beloved that you are lively stones built up as a spiritual house, a holy priesthood. You are a chosen generation, a royal or kingly priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. Both were chosen nations, as Isaiah 51, 4 and 1 Peter 2, 9 Pay attention to me, my people, God says, and listen to me, O my nation, for a law will go out from me, and I will set my justice for a light to the peoples. And to the church, God tells us, we are lively stones being built up as a spiritual house, a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that we may proclaim the excellencies of him who called us out of the darkness and into his marvelous light. Yes, Jesus really is the light of the world. Does he shine brightly through you? There is a distinction between the physical nation of Israel and the spiritual body of Christ. The citizens of Israel are of natural birth, and the citizens of heaven, the beloved bride of Jesus, are of spiritual birth. A deeper distinction of the two is the spiritual state of the citizens of each realm. The nation of Israel still includes saved and lost souls. Romans 9, 6-8 But it is not as though the word of God has failed, for not all who are descended from Israel belong to Israel, and not all are children of Abraham, because they are his offspring. Remember? Through Isaac will your offspring be named. This means that it is not the children of the flesh who are the children of God, but the children of the promise that are counted as offspring. Notice that was not plural, not offsprings. Compared to the body of Christ in Hebrews eight ten through 13 For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, declare the Lord, I will put my laws into their minds and write them on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. Never again will everyone teach his neighbor of his brother by saying, 
know the Lord, because all of them will know me, from the least important to the most important. For I will be merciful regarding their wrong deeds, and I will never again remember their sins. In speaking of a new covenant, he has made the first one obsolete, and what is obsolete and aging will soon disappear. And then there is the comparison in the word of God regarding the proof of citizenship in the physical nation as circumcision of the flesh and of the spiritual kingdom, a circumcision of the heart by the Holy Spirit. Both both nations by being the seed of Abraham at birth, but the nation of Israel remains the physical seed and the body of Christ becomes born again and a spiritual seed. Which makes the covenant relationship different between the two. Israel is loved and chosen, redeemed and adopted as a physical nation on earth through the Abrahamic covenant, which continues through to the millennium. The body of Christ, through the new covenant, is loved and chosen, redeemed and adopted as a spiritual family in Jesus, beginning at the day of salvation, continuing all the way through eternity. Both were redeemed. The nation of Israel was physically redeemed from Egypt, and the church is redeemed spiritually from sin. Both are called Israel from out of Egypt, and the church is called out of the world. The Old Covenant through Abraham is conditional and tells physical Israel to do and live or disobey and die, a condition of the Abrahamic covenant of works. Whereas the New Covenant, that sacrifice of Jesus, For our salvation covers those in the covenant with his own precious blood and calls it finished. We need only believe with a blessing of grace through faith. The governmental rule over the physical nation of Israel still stands as the Abrahamic and the Mosaic covenants, while the body of Christ is ruled by the whole law of Christ, which he himself summed up when he explained that we should love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbor as ourselves, and against this there is no law. The goal for both of these groups is to become the true holy nation of God. This goal has not yet been realized by Israel. In Exodus 19, verses 4 to 5, God tells Moses to tell the nation of Israel You saw what I did to the Egyptians and how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. And now, if if you carefully obey me and keep my covenant, you are to be my special possession of all the peoples, for the whole earth belongs to me. This covenant promise has not been realized because the if, the condition of obedience, has not been fulfilled on Israel's part. As for the body of Christ, which includes any of those who choose to leave the old covenant of law and choose to live under the new covenant of grace, 
The goal of being a citizen and ambassador of the holy nation of God is already realized by every citizen. I touched on the time frame of both of these nations' existence, but let's take a closer look at the details. Israel began back in Exodus 24, verse 8, at Mount Sinai, when Moses took half the blood in bowls of the animal sacrifice and sprinkled it on the altar as a sacrifice to God. And he took the book of the covenant and read it to the people of Israel. They said, All that the Lord has spoken we will do and obey. Moses then took the blood the other half, and sprinkled it on the people and said, This is the blood of the covenant which the Lord made with you based on all these words. Sounds like a done deal to me. The end of the time frame of Israel as a nation is recorded in Matthew twenty-seven fifty-one, when Jesus had cried out in a loud voice and died, and then suddenly the curtain in the sanctuary was torn in two from the top to the bottom, and the earth shook, and the rocks were split open, and many saints who had died were brought back to life. After Jesus' resurrection, they came out of their tombs and went into the holy city and appeared to many people. When the centurion and those guarding Jesus with him saw the earthquake and the other things that were taking place, they were terrified and said, This man certainly was the Son of God. These were eyewitnesses to what had happened. Sounds like solid proof to me. The church begins at a different time in history known as Pentecost, when for just as the body is one and yet as many parts, and all the parts of the body, though many, form a single body, so it is with the Messiah. For by one Spirit, all of us, Jews and Greeks, slaves and free, were baptized into one body and were all privileged to drink from one Spirit. For the body does not consist of only one part, but of many. You can find that in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 to 14, and it continues forever. Now, Ephesians 2 seems so much more clear after going through these comparisons, where the two nations becoming one in Jesus, who has broken down the middle way of partition between us. You know, I used to think that this chapter describes how me, myself, and I as a sinner used to be afar off from Jesus, but now am part of his forever family because of faith in the finished work of Jesus. And we see a call for all believers to be in unity. However, in light of the new covenant, Paul was reminding his countrymen about so much more. Have you ever seen a diagram of the tabernacle in the wilderness? If you remember us talking about it a few episodes ago, it was the tabernacle that the Israelites made according to the precise directions that God gave Moses. All the tribes of Israel would camp around the tabernacle with the entrance gate due east, and the Levites camped all around and next to the tabernacle with the rest of the tribes outside that perimeter. Due west was the gate, the way into the tabernacle. Let's remember 
that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through him. Walking into the tabernacle, you would see the bronze altar where substitutionary animals would be sacrificed. Before Jesus came, the better, the new covenant, who took the need for this away. Beyond the bronze altar was the bronze laver. Remember, our minds are to be washed in the pure water of the word of God. Stepping further inward, only Jews at the time of the desert tabernacle were allowed to enter the outer court. Then there was the inner tent inside, the outer skins of the tabernacle that were covered in pitch, kafir, that's the name of the pitch that was on the outside of the tabernacle, the same thing that Noah's ark was covered in. As God looked down upon the tabernacle from heaven, he saw this pitch, which came from a henna plant, which dried the color of dark red, like the color of blood. This tent, this inner tent, now had a door on the west that only the priests were allowed to enter, for this was known as the holy place. Stepping inside, the priest would see the lampstand on the left and the table of showbread on the right. Straight ahead would be the golden altar or altar of incense. Beyond that, a beautiful veil hung from the top to the bottom, embroidered and colorful. Only the high priest entered beyond the veil once a year to make atonement first for himself and then for all the people of Israel within the Holy of Holies. Inside the Holy of Holies was the Ark of the Covenant, and the mercy seat was on top of that. In this Holy of Holies was the cloud spoken of in Exodus chapter 40, connecting heaven and earth. It was this cloud that Israel followed during the day and a pillar of fire during the night in their journeys through the wilderness. All this was merely a copy of the heavenly tabernacle. The earthly tabernacle was only a temporary shadow and parable used to represent spiritual truths and point us to the new and better covenant that was to come, that being our beloved Jesus. From that moment forward, It was the blood of Jesus Christ that forgave sins and set the Levitical system and animal sacrifices aside. At that very moment when Jesus died on the cross, the veil before the entrance to the Holy of Holies in Matthew 27, it was an enormous four-inch thick, 45 to 60 foot high, beautifully embroidered curtain. Well, that tore in two from the top to the bottom. God describes what has taken place best in Hebrews chapter 4, starting at verse 14. Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, this being Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet He was without sin. And let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. 
Oh, the tearing of the veil is profoundly significant and provides a pictorial foundation for how we can approach God today. God has torn down the barrier between himself and us through the work of Jesus. The physical tabernacle was a way for the physical nation of Israel to enter into a covenant relationship with God. But now, because of Jesus, all who enter through the Messiah, the physical and the spiritual descendants of Abraham, are now become one in the spiritual body of Christ. No matter what our feelings may be about the situation, the facts are clear. For through Jesus, both of us have access to the Father by one Spirit. We are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of God's household. So whether we are sad, mad, or glad about this truth, we must face the truth and make a decision regarding our future. Will you fall in love with the lover of your soul and become part of the spiritual kingdom? For God has made a way to reconcile both groups to God in one body through the cross on which he eliminated the hatred between us, the adversary of our souls. Jesus truly is all that we need. Jesus 
so much for joining me on this episode comparing the Abrahamic to the New Covenant. Jesus truly is all that we need. And if you'd like to continue the conversation, please join me on Facebook. There's a private group there that we can talk about the episode or you can leave me a message on my blog at momentswithmoni.com. And if you're so inclined, please leave a review on anywhere that you listen to the podcast. And if you'd like, I just put on a new button on the website. You can buy me a coffee. If you like what you hear, keep me going with some coffee. Thanks so much for joining Moments with Moni.